0: Once I've been canceled, <laughs> I won't do the show. Do, then. Don't do anything
1: to get canceled. You're gonna fuck a lot of people that, that are like relying on this.
0: Oh my god, the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Do you
1: feel like a like? No,
0: I feel like I have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I keep secrets. I'm like a secret keeper. Usvitsky. Yes. Usvitsky.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Katia Uzvitsky.
1: Nice, Ooh. good job. Oh my God. You I'm know like, that's the short version of my name.
0: You know what? I'm still the only one of our friends that can say it.
1: You definitely are.
0: Because <laughs> I've had people on this show Asked me to cut out your name oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because they forgot. Oh, <laughs> you're one of the it's people. It's Deborah, huh?
0: No, it's a, it's a taller man.
1: <laughs> oh, he definitely doesn't know how to say it. No.
0: But I know that I like that you have a list of people that can't say it. Yeah. That's, uh,
1: you know what? I don't, I'm, I have to be like easygoing about it because yeah? it's, it's complicated.
0: So, what's the full name?
1: Ekaterina Borisovna Uzvitskaya.
0: Okay. That's I mean, like the
1: Belarusian. Full patronymic. I wish
0: you hadn't said that because I was going to make a joke about how you were from Kansas or something. Yeah. Um, so, wait, wait, so, Belarus?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was born there and my family, my father's side of the family all immigrated in 92 when I was 11.
0: So, you are actually one of the few people that knows most of the guests that I've had on the show.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think, know everyone, but, but yeah, I, I know think, a lot of folks.
0: I think you know like a good amount of people. So, yeah. you, okay, let's get a little uh, update on who you are. You are half of Noisky. Yep. And that is with your partner, Jordan Catalano.
1: yes i'm claire danes (laughs) that's so funny that you brought that up i was thinking about my so-called life recently
0: i think i've talked to you about this before that that sean noise is the kind of name that is like yeah it's like a jordan catalano you don't just say sean you have to say jordan catalano
1: yeah you have to say the whole thing yeah
0: and And then most people
1: go (laughs) noise (laughs) noise yeah actually his website is noise work
0: Nice work. That's his
1: that's his design <laughs> side, yeah.
0: All right, so then you're part of that with your partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are married?
1: We're married, yeah.
0: Okay, My husband. I don't know. Like now nowadays partner can mean so many different things.
1: Well, we kind of are partners in like every respect.
0: Yeah. But now people like kids say partner
1: because yeah. gay
0: marriage has been like legal for a long time and it has lost the meaning that it had when we were kids, where it was like yeah. partner was the way that m- people that couldn't get married and their love was not recognized. Yeah. Uh, they called that. They use that word, but now like the kids the Gen Zers are like, mm-hmm. yeah, as my partner. And that I think it's like nice because it's a word that means a st- like it's like don't hit on me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm it's partnered. not my
0: boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in for the long haul.
1: Well, long. it's like a there's like a dignity to it. Yeah. I think it's be- it's more than like girl or boyfriend and
0: and it's also less infantilizing too. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like um...
1: because we're not. I mean, we're in our forties now.
0: (laughs) You're in your forties. Yeah. You guys look amazing.
1: Oh shit! Both of you. Thanks. All right, and then we're vampires. You're vampires. (laughs) All right,
0: we'll talk about that later because your husband is definitely part of vampire. (laughs) Oh yeah, he's
1: he actually like uh, he jokes that he's like an anemic uh, Victorian child because he's like so light skinned. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and he has to wear a lot of sunscreen. But I think that that's actually like what preserves him <laughs> 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 both of us actually
0: so you guys are big sunscreeners
1: yeah well uh, since moving to california
0: wait so you guys met not in california no no so the whole first of all i didn't know that he wasn't part of TSALA, which is something that you're also a part of yeah which makes us brethren and roommates as mm-hmm. well yeah um
1: yeah, we're like dorm. We're I also thought,
0: dorm. Yeah. I also <laughs> thought you were part of uh gallery also. Like you just I just assume wherever you are, you're a part of Yeah, I'm a
1: part of that. I'm a part of a lot of things. I yeah, mean I know, I'm part of High Beams. High Beams, that's we the do Noisky. Um actually, well, I got into TSA thanks to Carl. So like whenever he's throwing a party at also, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay. So then uh wait, okay, let's go back to okay. where you met uh Jordan right. Catalano.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my sweet sean we actually so we met in new york we both lived in brooklyn uh in sunset park which was like not a cool neighborhood at the time okay maybe we should like go further back than that but yes our origin story is in sunset Park. well
0: okay if we're gonna go back before sean are you a refugee like is that do you you come from a somewhat (laughs) war-torn place of the world and you were born there
1: uh so technically technically not like a refugee in the sense that maybe like a was well yeah, no but or,
0: he's a survivor <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no at the time actually when we immigrated it was it was kind of a weird time when like communism was collapsing and there was like a small window where you could leave Yeah, yeah so my whole family was like yes thanks
0: Yeah, I think that would probably be like the um, Marielito period, and in Mm -hmm. or I don't know. There was a period where where like Castro was like, you know what, America, fuck you. You want these people, take them. (laughs) He just got rid of all the right wing. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I actually
1: was have been listening to uh, Yasha Levine and his wife's podcast, and they talk a lot about like how it's not total. That's not totally exactly how it went down. Like. The, uh, sorry, the thing in Russia that oh, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about with Russia, like like there was a lot of actually like effort on the U.S.'s part to destabilize the USSR. So the whole like America, the land of opportunity is like kind of oh, yeah. bullshit.
0: I mean, we can it's get... A, it's,
1: our pro- it's America's propaganda. I say R now like as if...
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, I think that that's exactly what, you know, happens
1: everywhere.
0: It's called the Jakarta yeah, yeah, method. Yeah, yeah. method. Yeah. So if you watch the act of killing... Mm-hmm. Well, we can get out of this real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if you watch the act of killing, this is like the th- this is. So what we do is we starve people mm-hmm. until they their living conditions are so bad and yeah. s- enough people are dying that they revolt against the government, and that's how we destabilize countries. And everybody's yeah. like, "Yay, sanctions!" Yeah. So that so we both come from that. It sounds yeah. like. Uh, I mean, not that like there weren't other mitigating factors on either side, but mm-hmm. yeah. How do you feel about like? Um, this idea, okay, you know what? Let's not do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think I think if we'd go down the political route, it's
0: no. I mean, but the historical route, like I, I think it's interesting. Kind of the, um, like, the cunning Russian enemy mm. as someone <laughs> as someone who's lived there, oh. <laughs> or not in Russia, but as part of the former Soviet Union. This idea of like it being competent or like really, um, well, you heard, uh, what's his name's, Um, uh, Justin Michelle's episode, right? Where he talks about how basically what happened in uh, communist Russia was that instead of it actually being communism, what it was is that the state took the place of capitalism, right? So they became the owners of, yeah. And so so his point is that there's never been true capitalism. But you
1: mean, True communism.
0: True communism. In,
1: in the, well, I think, I think there's, it's complicated because it's such a huge country, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in theory, the idea of, like, you know, everybody's equal and everybody's sharing resources is, like, a great utopian concept. But, like, it never—I don't actually think that in practice it ever worked out because there was just, like, massive corruption going on. Well, yeah.
0: And I think the, the if you guys haven't heard Justin Michel's episode, he talked about uh, Amadeo Bordiga mm-hmm. and his criticisms of, of, uh, of just like communism as it stood. Yeah. And basically the problem in that case is that like anytime you have top down, it's just oligarchs that are running things. So it's basically not that very much of a different yeah. system than what we have now currently. Oh, no, it's a democracy. Sorry.
1: It was a little bit different. Uh, in in the, so the oligarch thing wasn't like a thing when I was growing up there, actually. Really? So I was born in 81, uh, which was actually, so at that time, like essentially.
0: How does it feel to be a millennial? of by one year i get to hold that yeah over you. i used to actually like really Z- shy away from it
1: and now i know there's like this term of like elder millennial that <laughs> i mean I've so that so too. that's me i'm elder millennial i guess i'm fine with it it's it is what it is
0: sorry you were making a point about communism
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what was i saying
0: you were saying that it's more complicated than oh th- yeah like oligarchy. so the
1: oligarchy wasn't like a thing i think at that, or maybe it was, but it wasn't, like, out in the open. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that came after we left. Like, so then, like, communism collapses in the 90s, meaning, like, they start to do things a little bit differently. They start to, like, privatize, let let businesses America privatize. comes in and
0: just cannibalizes Russia. In, in, yeah, in, in vari- in, I guess
1: in a way, sure. Yeah. But I, I think, ultimately, it was, like, hey, we have all these resources that were, like, kind of, suppressed or like held by a few people and now like people can take yeah. over like airlines or you know granaries like they can they can just kind of like um start running things in a more capitalist way and it like exploded because yeah, as, yeah. as soon as you stop regulating they took away the regulations essentially and so greed took over
0: yeah there's there's the, like it's it's pretty crazy so you came when from the from from Russia so we moved in 92 Oh, that's the year that I'm... Dude, we have like parallels. Yeah? Yeah. That was the year you came? I'm from Italy. I'm not from like a (laughs) war-torn or collapsing. I was like, it was nice in Italy. But I did move to the U.S. in 92 and I had the culture shock.
1: Where did you move to? Florida?
0: Yeah, Miami.
1: Oh, wow. Which is like... Straight there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's where my family's from. I lost my British accent very quickly.
1: I was going to ask you if you grew up speaking English. So I guess it was like... Yeah,
0: I I went to a British school and like my mom was a Cuban Mm -hmm. lady who had kids that had british accents and she loved it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you feel like that you you wanted to assimilate like was your did you oh, have it was that not cool. sense it, it wasn't was not cool, cool to have an english no, accent.
0: no hugh grant was not what like the the middle school girls that i was like hugh
1: grant <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i mean it was around the time yeah <laughs> it, i guess was, was he
1: like the english like archetype yeah. at the time yeah
0: four weddings and a funeral i think was around that time
1: yeah you know but i, n- I never thought he was like yeah.
0: But I mean, that's, he wasn't for us.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's my point. You were in middle that's, school. So you're right. You're right. That's I, totally I, I was trying point. to impress, impress ladies like you yeah. who were young girls who just did not get it. Yeah. You know who I didn't get? I, I, well, I was telling you, I was watching Total Recall. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I was so wrong about Sharon Stone. I like, she's like actually stunning. And when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, who is this?
1: really yeah like, oh yeah. I, think I I was, could tell she, she had something
0: yeah i maybe i was like she was like very progressive in terms of like body i'm going to use the word progressive in, uh-huh. in, in terms of like selling her assets uh basic instinct comes to mind and stuff like that so i think that that maybe as a kid yeah. as like you know semi puritan environment that you're raised in mm-hmm. i was like oh i don't like girls like that what is happening i don't know is that an air gun? We are at, oh, by the way, we have not uh, shouted out where we're at. Oh yeah, we're in Von show. Zimmer, yep. Say it again? Von Zimmer. Von Zimmer.
1: It means living room, and it's run by Aiden and Alaya. Um is actually an artist as well, and they have um, studio spaces next door. They've kind of like expanded over the years. I don't know. I don't know a ton about their story, but I know that they started in like a smaller space that was actually like a had like a secret bookshelf that you could go through into a living room space so they've al- they've always had this kind of like dual purpose art gallery hangout space mm-hmm. situation and then this actually this space is pretty new like this is their second show here
0: yeah and i came to the opening and it was quite a rager it was very yeah. fun
1: all our friends came yeah
0: yeah. well i mean we have good friends yeah <laughs> that show up yeah. Uh, yeah well i think
1: a lot of the people in the show are also like friendly and know yeah. each other and go to you know support one another
0: well that's an interesting uh thing before we get into a topic but um how do you because you are one of the warm people that early on like i think i'd seen oh. you we'd been in the same spaces together but mm-hmm. never really interacted just yeah. kind of we're, we're being together
1: yeah, yeah and yeah. then
0: you kind of just discovered the podcast randomly how did you find the podcast
1: oh i think somebody posted
0: <laughs> maybe it
1: was megan megan muller well, like megan
0: muller and then you just spammed and i appreciate that thank you oh we need that guys if you spam the show on your stories we like that
1: i well okay <laughs> it was purely selfish because no, yeah. i really love first of all i really love podcasts and like i do graphic design for work and i make art so it's sort of like i'm always listening i always need to be listening to something mm-hmm or like I always need to be like distracting a part, certain part of my brain with a story. So I like devour podcasts. Like I could probably listen to eight hours really? a day. Not every day, but I tend to gravitate towards spoken word stuff versus music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it was really nice to just like hear the stories about my friends that like I know fairly well, but like still something new. you always learn something new.
0: Yeah, it's very different when you sit down. Yeah. For an hour with people. It it is like it it is creepily intimate.
1: Yeah.
0: To a degree that you actually think that like you 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 have a much more personal conversation than you have with friends mm-hmm. because you never just sit with headphones and listen to each other this intimately. Yeah. You know, like I'm literally in your you you don't have there's the oh, chances yeah. that, that you're not going to understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. are very slim so there's an intimacy i don't have to raise my voice for you to hear me so it'd be be, it's a completely different conversational dynamic and then yeah you you like well the way that i've the nice way of telling the story is that i feel bonded to people and then they don't promote Mm -hmm. the podcast and i'm like oh they didn't enjoy it you know (laughs) or or they Uh, didn't have the same maybe they don't
1: know to do it or like they get self-conscious or something yeah
0: i think that that's a hundred percent it and yeah. I and I'm taking it personally and they're just like I don't want people to hear me be an idiot. But but definitely. But there's a trust that is established there that mm-hmm. it sets up the expectation for me. Yeah. And almost like they should know what I want because we've had the talk. You know, right. you get what I'm saying? You have
1: saying? a parasocial relationship yeah, where you project children. that. Yeah, yeah,
0: you where you projected and you and so so it's it's an interesting thing. Like yeah. I've definitely learned like uh from doing it that like oh yeah you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i totally get it i think i also feel like i mean there's you're interviewing people so there's like a you wouldn't organically do that in the conversation like where you wouldn't i mean maybe some people do actually i've
0: but it's a little annoying like if you're on a date and someone's like what do you do blah 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 and you're like you don't know anything about them by the end of it yeah yeah
1: or they have like their canned responses and you're like i've heard this a million times yeah yeah
0: I get canned responses here. That's kind of the challenge sometimes mm-hmm. to like be like, all right, but you're a person, not just your art. Sure. You know? <laughs> and sometimes people struggle with that, which yeah. I, I totally understand. Like, this is not for everybody. Yeah. Um. But yeah. All right. Well, then, then, how did you? What are your origins like in LA? Or or do you want to talk a little bit about New York? Oh, well- do you do you have a specific topic that we should declare? Because we're like already. 18 minutes in.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I have a few things that I that I thought would be interesting for people to, okay, to let's, hear. Okay, let's like,
0: hear those, and then we can intertwine the conversation yeah. about your origin with that, if it
1: applies. Okay. Actually, I do think it applies. So the thing that I thought was really interesting when I was listening to Hagop's episode was that he mentioned like, oh, I went into art and my immigrant family was like, why didn't you go into graphic design? which uh i i was like well i did that and i'm still <laughs> I, we're still colleagues and peers and contemporaries yeah, yeah. like there isn't like this perfect solution yeah yeah, right so but, but do you I,
0: work in graphic design still i oh, do that's your so so
1: i thought like we could talk about essentially like how that served my art practice or how that's been like useful yeah yeah, and also you know the idea of like how that's been a disappointment to my immigrant parents <laughs> i mean we can i feel like me being an immigrant is is inherently like part of who i am yeah, so yeah, that yeah. always like feeds into many aspects yeah. of my life but yeah like i feel like you know what i hope people get out of this is that th- these podcasts is that they can learn something that they can apply to their own yeah yeah life or like i don't know like if your audience is younger if they I have no want idea who my advice if they is. want. I don't well, know
0: what I try to do the way that I'm starting to do the show now is less self-indulgent on my end and mm. more uh, trying to trying to like like I have gotten to a place that I did not foresee mm-hmm. when I started this show. Like even when I started a, a, in April of last year to re-release episodes, yeah. I was like I was not ready for for the the like the it's a community that really supports people hustling. Yeah, and and so I find that is like, um, mm. it's a really interesting thing because now what I like to talk about is sort of like how, like for example, if you're in L, if you've never been to L.A. and you mm-hmm. don't know how the art scene is, you only yeah. know what's going on in Detroit, or you only know what's going on in uh, you know another smaller city. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's a model they maybe they can replicate a tsa la model well that's the thing right
1: is i think like graphic graphic design is like a small part of. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i just wanted to say like that's like a way to do it yeah right whereas but i actually feel like a lot of artists run spaces or artists artists who are doing it for themselves are cobbling it together from multiple different like buckets yeah,
0: there's no, like, like I mean- There's no
1: I, one, there's no one formula.
0: Exactly, and that's why it's good to talk to a lot of people because there's really no written path. I mean, mm-hmm. I have people that, like Molly Schulman, you know, the difference between a Molly, Molly Shulace on mm-hmm. Instagram, Molly Schulman, who did Made in LA, doesn't mm-hmm. have an MFA decided, hey, I just wanna connect with artists. I yeah. don't necessarily want to be in an academic program. Yeah, yeah. Uh and in debt. And and I feel like I'm in the same camp. There's so many different people. Then there's people like Liz Nuremberg, yeah. Who uh it like went to Claire uh, Claremont, I think she said.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then uh and now has like a huge community of people. Like, you know, yeah. it's it can be difficult to move to a place like LA. And I think that like all these yeah. different projects can be informative to people, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you don't need to come to LA. You can do your own Monte Vista projects. Like that would be dope. If there was like somebody that listened to yeah. us talk about Monte Vista and they were like, hey, we're in, uh, you know, Springfield, Ohio. Or Springfield. <laughs> Springfield. <laughs> I went for yeah. the, like the, the Simpsons uh, place. Uh, yeah. the, the, oh,
1: perfect. I love the Simpsons. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Uh,
0: I have missed the old Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, same.
1: Yeah, there was yeah. a certain point where it was like.
0: It's like season 34 now. Mm but anyway in that context i do think it's helpful so okay so then can we go like where where did you go to school
1: so okay so this is a great this is a great segue because i think i feel like it there's there's like the story so when we moved to the u.s Mm -hmm. uh it was like me and my my parents and my 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 paternal grandparents by the way
0: are we getting wet i feel like some rain is coming through are you not you feel it i feel a little bit of rain like just tiny droplets it's crazy
1: you know, I think that the ceiling is kind of open on yeah, the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't, either. I don't feel it, but...
0: Maybe it's where I'm sitting. Yeah, maybe. It, at first, I was like, nah, but it's hit me enough times that I'm like, Really? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're fine. I don't it's think Definitely cameras... artists
1: run space vibes in here. <laughs> yeah, and I don't
0: think the cameras are going to be too wet no. from that. We'll see.
1: It actually has like a really warm quality in here. I like I it. I love this
0: space. Yeah. I'm really glad that, I thank you for letting us shoot here. And and Thank
1: you, Aiden and Alaya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, that's who I was addressing when I looked at the camera.
1: That's yeah. actually, that's beyond the camera. That's Nijana, That's the curator of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that that's why she's so excitedly like looking in the window.
0: <laughs> I just feel bad that she's in the rain.
1: I know. Well, well I, she has a studio space next door. Oh,
0: okay. So okay. she's
1: not just like, just (laughs) peeping in (laughs) (laughs) randomly um okay so wait let's get back on track so so we moved to ohio so i went to school um i moved to like shaker heights which is like kind of known if you know anything about ohio but it was like huge a huge culture shock because we're going from communist belarus to like the deepest suburbs of like the midwest essentially
0: what am I picturing when you're leaving Belarus? Is it like rural, or is it like what? What is where were you living in Belarus? Okay,
1: so I was uh, born in Minsk, which is the capital of Belarus. So it was like there's a- an
0: accord named after it, right? The Minsk Accord. Oh shit! Oh. Actually, I might have to cut that out. That might be Ukraine related. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't.
1: That's not ringing a bell. Oh my god!
0: I totally like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so you were born in Minsk.
1: Yeah, I was born in Minsk, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was actually kind of amazing. It was it was not like a what you what I think like people picture communist Russia being like. It's w- there weren't like bread lines or anything, but the country was closed, mm-hmm. so like you had to get a visa to travel. So we didn't travel a lot, and like also because you're living in a communist.
0: Was closed in what sense? You weren't granted visas, or you
1: might not be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You basically it made travel harder. Yeah, yeah. It made travel into the country harder and out.
0: Because the West was shunning USSR countries.
1: I wonder if it was more like the USSR was. was- yeah, that's what it I'm was trying. Like to- more insular, like we they didn't want the influence.
0: Okay, so but.
1: You got you to keep your citizens. Uh, no, I get that. I get that.
0: I'm just trying to figure out because the, you, the, gov- the countries that you travel to are the ones mm-hmm. that uh, grant the visas, right?
1: No, no, you needed like an exit visa.
0: An exit yeah. visa? I don't think I've ever heard of that as an American.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. All right. So thank you for clarifying.
1: I think it's actually, I mean, I'm, I could be wrong. But that's like my memory of it is that it was hard for us to even leave.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I th- this is I didn't live in And in we that, did and we didn't conditions. travel yeah. outside
1: of uh, the USSR either.
0: Cuz I remember as a kid my, me asking my dad like, "Hey, mm-hmm. how do we get visas to go to Italy to travel?" And he's like, "You don't need a you're American."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, like, I don't know. I mean, that is also maybe that's just American Well, why did privilege. you ask
1: that? How did you what because did you think? Cuz we used to
0: travel. I I didn't know. You didn't know. I, once I, I think it was around the time that I learned about the concept of visas, which I'm yeah. still obviously not very clear on. Uh, so, so
1: what? Well, well, but that that idea had to come from somewhere. Like, what was your <clears throat> excuse well, my, me?
0: But like we just traveled a lot as a mm-hmm. kid. So, like my dad uh, worked for the UN. We had, uh, a, he he gave he got a paid vacation in Geneva. No, it it, it in, was it, in New York. Oh no, uh, wh- he worked in Rome.
1: Oh right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, Food and Agriculture Organization. Okay it's a neoliberal program so i learned a lot about neoliberalism mm-hmm. uh and i and uh yeah i and so we would travel like that and so that's where where the questions came up i was like how yeah. how do you like how do visas work mm-hmm. yeah and I was, and it's it was just like, a
1: way to get money
0: yeah but also like it's interesting <coughs> that i didn't like you see what i'm yeah interested in here that like i i'm so like like visas are like water to me (laughs)
1: ah oh no they're very hard to get
0: i didn't i didn't realize that like as an american Mm -hmm. that so that's why i was like wait are people not granting it to you because you're Belarusian or they don't want you they
1: basically don't want you to say you're traveling to the u.s or wherever and then just not come back
0: yeah okay that
1: makes sense because they know that it Sucks yeah. to yeah. live there. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think that's been well established. Yeah. No one we're not commies that that argue that. We're pinkos. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I worked at the UN for like a year. In, How much in fun Switzerland. was it? It was pretty stuffy. Yeah. But you know, we can we can circle back to that one.
0: <laughs> when I was in uh, it
1: actually was great, but not because it was the UN, because of like where you know the organization and who i was working with
0: wait what organization was it
1: it was a franciscan it was franciscans international which is like a franciscan catholic uh
0: the good ngo
1: the nice Catholics. yeah the fun catholics yeah yeah the ones that love did you ever get
0: to go to assisi
1: yeah that was like the first thing we did so it was an internship after college actually like the first my first like job Uh and uh there were five There were five girls that like came from north america essentially. and this
0: this was in the 1900s correct
1: it was yeah <laughs> no it was 2003
0: 2003
1: okay yeah i graduated high school in 1999 99 oh yeah yeah okay. in
0: 1899 <laughs> in the 1900s yep <laughs> that's oh my uh god. that's something that i've heard going around through millennials <laughs> or through z- gen z they're like oh you <laughs> oh god but i embrace it
1: it's so weird. I don't feel like I'm that old. No. But if I were, when I was in my 20s and some, and I knew of somebody in their 40s, I would be like, oh, their life is I think established.
0: I think it's because they lived through the 70s, or they were born in the 70s and there mm-hmm. was lead. Mm-hmm. And like they just aged like crazy. There was lead everywhere. I think that that is like a thing. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that is why That, I mean, because it's one thing to look back to like the 1800s and be like, damn, that 20 year old looked 50. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, sure, they had barely had drinking water. Yeah.
0: But like when you look at, you know, some of, like, I don't know. Yeah. Think about Kevin Costner. That guy was like, that guy looked old at 30, but compare him to like a Brad Pitt.
1: Well, I think people age in different, at different rates as well. Like, I think also not having kids. Is, and having a lot of money is helpful.
0: Yeah. Both of those
1: things set I mean, very unrealistic expectations of how you're supposed to But Brad Pitt had like a, lot,
0: a bunch of kids.
1: Not out of his body. And I'm sure he oh, had a lot of help. But we're talking about two
0: men. <laughs> 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 Unless we're, di- we're including Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my I, God. First of all,
0: I would never, ever ever think of doing a comparison <laughs> like, <laughs> commenting on women's age yeah. on this podcast it just seems gauche but like just to talk about like how much because i mean dude and then i think smoking also probably ha- has an oh, effect yeah. on like of course a- on people looking younger like none of us or i don't smoke like you don't smoke
1: Mm-mm.
0: i if i still smoke that probably look way older
1: yeah i also don't drink at the same level that I used to in my 20s
0: yeah I didn't and then COVID happened and now I'm like somewhere in between
1: (laughs) yeah Hmm. yeah yeah I gotta cope somehow nah you
0: gotta stop but okay so then I'm sorry we're like really all over the place we are kind of yeah
1: so we were we were talking about Ohio so I went to Ohio University Mm -hmm. and because you know I have um, immigrant roots I went there for pre-med okay that was like my dad was like really really pushed it and after a year i realized I could not i couldn't hack it essentially like what you I could, did
0: a year of pre-med yeah
1: <laughs> it was brutal well i was really good in science and art and i always as even as a kid said that i was going to be an artist and then it just kind of like i don't know you just have to think more practically than that or yeah. at least that's the impression that i had Mm-hmm. I had an 8 a.m. biochem class that I failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Oh I truly because it was at 8 a.m. I retook it the following year and got a B plus. <laughs> so I like redeemed myself. But yeah, so I went I went to Ohio University, which is also like a huge party school. Mm-hmm. And um essentially I started taking art in the second year and really quickly realized this is, this was for me. Mm-hmm was like a huge revelation. And I actually didn't know what graphic design was until I took a graphic design class and just completely like fell in love with it and uh how
0: fortunate cuz my parents pushed me towards graphic design and it was just not for me. No. No, I mean it's I it's just like a language, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like yeah. um anyway. So 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 you liked it? You yeah. you were into it?
1: like loved it
0: yeah cool
1: i think i think it was one of, it was the first time in my life that i like found something that i was both enjoyed and was good at mm-hmm. and kind of it kind of just all gelled at the same in the same moment yeah and i ended up taking all of the like prerequisites that i needed to for that the second year and then applied you had to apply to the program which was like pretty competitive mm-hmm I would say actually very competitive, and I I like still have flashbacks of, um, people who didn't get in and how heartbreaking that was for them. And like one person literally was like running down the hall with their resume or like their CV or, or transcript or something like to like add to their portfolio, and like they locked the doors and shut him out, oh, and he just like couldn't. Like that's still like one of those that's moments. That's
0: anxious. Wow. That's
1: bad. Yeah. I thought that was that was kind of mean.
0: I just think about what my mom would have said to me. <laughs> it was like you got to prepare, Javier. You got to be ready for these things. Oof. And I'm like, it doesn't help, mom. Yeah, no. <laughs> my mom's nice. It's just that's she just yeah. has mom tendencies and sometimes they're not sensitive to the, to how bad you feel. But sure. um But cool. So then like I, when did you start actually going from like making graphic design to like, mm. wombs.
1: Ah, <laughs> yeah, how did this all, how the hell did this happen? How did we
0: get here?
1: Well, the trajectory Stones? was- Stone wombs,
0: are these stone? What are, what are these made out of? They're soft. They're soft?
1: hmm everything is. So I got my degree and, you know, I had that internship in, in Geneva. And uh, so essentially like doing graphic design was like the compromise to like, I'm not gonna do pre-med. But because I want to do art, I'll get this like degree that's in like a field you can actually get a job in, Mm -hmm. and eventually. And so, so I did the year in Switzerland doing graphic design at this NGO. You know, like basically like hand making a lot of their materials that they were sending out. So graphic design actually has a lot of like hand making. It can. It's not all like in the screen. And then Especially I was, for
0: our generation too.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I never did like paste up or anything like that. That oh, no. was that was a little bit before my time.
0: Did you ever fuck with Letraset? No, no,
1: I don't think I did that either.
0: Those are the scrape-on letters.
1: Oh God, I, they,
0: we they still had them in Italy when I went to school there.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it was. Yeah, the 1800s. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and by like cuz Italy when I was younger was like way behind mm. uh by comparison. Yeah. So but so then so then when did you so like what did, what were your early interests in 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 like okay, this is graphic design, but there's mm-hmm. this whole other world that my parents will never understand.
1: <laughs> oh, I think they would understand. I'm it. teasing. They're they're actually weirdly both pretty creative and Mm. my dad has like the same affliction that i do which is i call like restless hand syndrome like it's like we always like we like really enjoy doing things with our hands like Mm. making stuff and repetitive tasks like he does a lot of woodworking so i he always kind of just calls it a hobby he like wouldn't call himself an artist but you know he still like has a compulsion to do it like constantly for hours maybe
0: maybe that's a good boundary to call it a hobby. And Yeah, it could be, but then he
1: like wants me to like sell his work for him. I'm like, I can't even do that for myself. Like I <laughs> I wish
0: I wish there was a way. Why don't you just get a job on Broadway? Why can't you just get a TV show?
1: Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, boomer parents, they definitely I mean, yours aren't boomers because they were
1: Actually, I just Are they? I don't think they are.
0: And I've Mm -hmm. been thinking about that because my parents were born in Cuba. So are they technically, like I know culturally they are baby boomers because they grew up in Miami and went to college here and stuff like that and and were assimilated, but Mm -hmm. I don't think they're technically baby boomers and I don't think yours are either. I think they're just generationally even, but I think boomer is very American.
1: Yes and, yes yes and. (laughs) Yes and. I think that they still have the same expectations, right? Like Yeah, yeah. Like my parents are like why don't you guys have a house? Why haven't you had kids? Like why like do the things oh, that we're you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And it's always funny to me like sometimes you like tap into like mm-hmm. like they're they're very much from a culture of um the earth is our garden to do with as we please, you mm. know? <laughs> like right, we sure. can reshape it, it's our place. And like, and sometimes yeah. you'll be talking to your mother who you think is like totally reasonable person. And you're like, holy shit, how did that thought get in there? <laughs> yeah. And it's like a generational thought, you know? Like it's a- uh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think they grew up when like, w- during the Adams for Peace program, you mm-hmm. know what that is?
1: Adams for Peace, it's bringing about there's tell a, tell there's me a, what that is.
0: There's a uh, band with Flea in it and uh, the guy from, from Tom the, York that, okay. th- that is called that. And they named it after a program called Adams for Peace, which was a PR program in the U.S. to um, like, rebrand nuclear power as mm-hmm. not just weapons. And so they were trying to do use it for fracking, <laughs> and they would irradiate all the, all the all the like natural gas. They like they would they were trying what? to use it to build canals and stuff. Like like that's what I'm talking about. Like that mentality of just like oh we've got these bombs let's just move land masses you know and uh, like like it's yeah
1: that's definitely not our generation. Yeah, it, like concerned. our generation
0: sees how fucked up Mount Rushmore is. I don't think the boomers did
1: oh right <laughs>
0: you get what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah totally
0: yeah
1: yeah it's it still kind of blows my mind that that
0: but i would imagine that that your parents have a different um mm. different relationship to that
1: they're kind of like they kind of have a combo mm-hmm. because they still live in ohio too and they like
0: but they were adults when they moved here right
1: they were yeah they were like in their early 40s but i feel like they like in terms you. of like
0: Imagine yeah coming, I imagine fucking did they speak English, no, Jesus Christ, do they speak it now,
1: yeah, okay, my mom speaks it very well, my dad is is like so so, yeah, but I think it's incredibly hard to learn a new language, especially like
0: as ab- an adult? like as an yeah.
1: adult, and to be like fluent, and
0: that's why I don't know any of the kids' slang, yeah, because <laughs> I'm forty <laughs> and I can't learn new languages, no, I, m- my parents um. My parents moved when they were very young. So it, I, I think for them, it's probably mm. more of like a cultural impact. Yeah. That must be insane. I can't even imagine, especially yeah. like, b- or, but if it was an 80s movie, uh huh, it would be like they were in paradise. <laughs> but the reality is that there was probably a lot of culture shock too, right? Because even as an American, when I leave the oh, country tons. and come back, it's like, yeah. what the fuck are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> there was a lot of, it was it was sort of like, yeah, no, they weren't in paradise, you mean, like to begin with, or coming no, when here? They, when you come here,
0: like, if it was like oh. an 80s movie, it was like, oh, all repression in Belarus, and mm-hmm. like, they're just in bread lines, which you said they didn't have, but like, you know, that's how it would be characterized. They, and then maybe, they, come- they
1: maybe did when I was, when they were younger. I mean, my parents were born in the 50s. Think about that. Like, my dad was born in 52. Both of his parents were in World War II. Wow. In, up until 45. I can't even imagine.
0: When was Lenin? Do you know?
1: Thirties. Nineteen
0: thirties. Okay. Mm. Fuck. And I should know was, that. I'm. No, it's it's okay. Do you have fail. any idea when when Stalin came around? That was like cuz it sounds like your parents were in the Stalinist period which was not the fun <laughs> USSR. Yeah.
1: They were I mean they don't talk a lot about it too and, yeah. and maybe that's on me to actually ask them those questions. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a fun memory for them. Same it, same it, same it, way as like my grandparents didn't really want to talk about the war even though like it deeply affected them. You don't think sure. that
0: they would they would have some appreciation for your curiosity?
1: Oh, of course they yeah, would. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean we have we have conversations, but this is an interesting one that you're having, like as an outsider, where like mm. I'm so familiar with all of their stories, but I didn't even think to ask, like, yeah, I mean, tell me about the Stalinism era. Well,
0: I'm just I'm just trying to piece together, like, because we're trying to get a sense of the culture shock. So, yeah, like, yeah. if they, they couldn't
1: own property, okay, we didn't have a car. So, in a way, like the way that society was set up, this is actually very interesting because, in a way, like you didn't have to worry about owning property and you had public transit you had free health care you had free education mm-hmm. and all of that stuff theoretically is like amazing like we would love to have that here yeah, yeah. except like the healthcare wasn't like great the education was good though mm-hmm. and there was a lot of focus on education and there wasn't really like religion mm-hmm. So all of those things are nice. I feel like here it's like, it con- it's like religion runs. Yeah, yeah. A lot of decision making on the governmental level. Yeah, yeah. We can we can barely afford education. We definitely cannot afford housing. I mean, we can we can rent forever. We can be, or be in debt forever.
0: Have you listened to the um, the uh, Why Philosophy Matter episodes of this show with uh, the two concepts of liberty? It's interesting because mm, socialism. I think so because the the socialist like what you're describing is those two different kinds of liberty. One yeah. being the freedom from oppression or from which is the negative sense of freedom that is yeah. tied to privacy. Yeah, and w- what you're describing is more comes more from monarchic systems, which is like yeah. you're less worried about who control who rule, rules me and more it like what am I what am I free to do. Yeah, and so these are freedoms in a right. different context, right? Mm-hmm. Like the freedom, like as you're describing them, the freedom to not have to own property, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't know about that one <laughs> as a freedom, but, uh, but healthcare, sure. public transit, like yeah. all these services that are provided to you. Like, so it's, it's an interesting thing because uh, I feel like when um, the regicide was mm-hmm. a big issue, like you had to provide certain things so that people wouldn't revolt and murder. What do
1: you, you? mean? When was registered? like you mean
0: like like during monarchic times. Not I'm oh, not talking about Russia. I'm talking about the concepts. Like okay, where were okay. those concepts of like free health care and all mm-hmm. of that. Like so it, it's it's an interesting thing well, because that also
1: free is relative, right? Like it's Yeah you're paying for <laughs> you're it. You're paying for it. Yeah but like we could have it here but it's just not a priority, right? Because it makes no, people too much money.
0: There's no profit motive. Exactly. And that, and that I think is a different. And and it's fair to say that they, that uh, like I I know that Canada's healthcare system. I've been surprised because my sister married a, a Canadian, and mm-hmm. he was, he came over here, and she has health insurance through her job, mm-hmm. which is probably very nice because she has a decent job, yeah, or a good job. And uh, and he was like, Oh, you can go to the doctor? And I was like, yeah, if you have insurance, you can go to the doctor whenever the sure. fuck you want. Where he was like surprised that you that you could just go to the doctor. Although that's In Canada or no, here? here. Like he, he was like, so they
1: do send de incentivize it, yeah. I think. You can, but you why would you?
0: You know what what they're doing in Canada now is it, it mm. they're the the, the the assisted murder thing? Two-thirds of people in canada or I, I i've I, i'm not 100 percent sure on this okay. i so this is not a conspiracy theory i'm spreading if it's misinformation i apologize uh-huh. but my understanding is they have a program there where for assisted suicide okay and they are giving it to people who actually have
1: i'm freezing
0: you, no i know it is <laughs> starting to get cold that have that that are healthy and could survive, but they can't get services and they can't get things. So they offer them. So the, it's it's a big scandal that's happened. You so, can
1: choose to opt out of life yes, because you because can't afford to, fucking medicine.
0: Yes, and and because you can't uh, afford, like some people are <laughs> that doing is it. So bleak. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking dark out here. But yeah. let's talk about how hard it was in Russia.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> comparative. So this is the conundrum, right? Is that it was hard. Yeah in a different set of circumstances and it's still hard. hard. Yeah. Like it's not, I think that my parents had this like huge disappointment, uh, like this moment of like realization where they were like, this is the the American dream. Isn't like a thing. No. Yeah. At least not anymore. Or maybe was it, it, it
0: did they ever feel like it was for them? Cause that would be the generation that in my ignorant mind, having not lived there felt like, you know,
1: it was my so it was my mom's dad who was like really pushed it. He was like, "You should go there." But he he you know also lived through the war. So mm-hmm. comparatively speaking, to go to a continent where there is no war,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's fucking
1: it's great. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: How how did they do finding work and stuff if they don't speak the language?
1: Yeah. So they are both. They were both engineers. Okay interestingly enough weirdly they never like pushed it i don't think either of them super enjoyed it my mom was an electrical engineer my dad is was a mechanical engineer he dealt with like water systems and actually he did a lot of like hand drafting which i think is it's kind of like where my graphic design thing comes from too like i think i just enjoy like i have that type of mind where i can like think three-dimensionally and also like do a lot of um visual communication uh you know 2d so wait sorry i'm getting sidetracked what was the question uh,
0: grafting your parents how did they get oh how did they they get
1: work right 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 so it was i mean it was rough they went to night school for Mm -hmm. english and then they just worked like as as custodians
0: so it was it was
1: literally like downgrade downgrade but also like they had to they sold all of their possessions um and came with like i don't know couple thousand dollars three thousand dollars something like that
0: what what kind of stuff could they so they couldn't own property what could that you own? and and they didn't have a car so
1: you could own property technically you if you were well obviously if you were wealthy but very few people were there was basically like a a allotted amount of space that you could that everybody could have and because my grandfather was in the war he had priority in terms of like purchasing an apartment so it was technically his apartment that they that he purchased but it was really like my parents Mm -hmm. so we had a one bedroom apartment for the three of us that was like the square footage that we were allowed uh so technically like they did buy that place and then they sold it for it wasn't it for nothing yeah they you know and uh but it was theirs Mm-hmm. and uh but yeah like in terms of owning a vehicle that was so they had to get their driver's licenses when they moved here no they're still like terrified yeah. of driving they hate it i would it. Be,
0: i would totally be terrified of driving yeah i got in a car with my mom she recently told me that she she got uh glasses and i was like thank fucking god because <laughs> i was trying to be really polite to her i'm yeah. sorry i'm putting a jacket
1: on <laughs> yeah do it it got do you really go cool. grab
0: your jacket or uh, i don't mind
1: uh i have like a no nah, it's all right
0: you sure you're not cold you're my guest.
1: I'm I'm both like Yeah, like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna interrupt the flow. Okay. I think uh, I'm okay. I just keep my hands awkwardly <laughs> in, in my legs. <laughs>
0: um no, it's interesting and it's I don't have a lot of experience talking to people mm. who live like my parents were dispossessed. My or my family was dispossessed. We mm-hmm. we they didn't live in a system that um, that already was in place, right? Like mm-hmm. they lived through the revolution that made it uh, Cuba communist. Yeah. So their experience of communism is very different, where it's this abrupt thing where yeah. people came in and they just took their families' like inheritance. You were, you were
1: at the start end of it, and I was at the tail end. Of yeah, it.
0: exactly. As it was collapsing, so it's really fascinating um, to hear to hear that. Um, do you? Do, where what informs your interests in art making? Do does this play any part into it? Because I'm seeing mm. uh, you've you've mentioned there's like nipples and wombs.
1: Oh well, so my work essentially is all about the body. Okay, and like I think that of course, like m- everything that I do in- informs every aspect of my life in one way or another. But I think mm. my interest really like came down to just sort of the dysphoria of that feeling of like being in in a body, but also getting so much external input that kind of like contradicts Mm -hmm. you being in that body. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, advertising is always like, it seems to me like is essentially targeted towards telling you that whatever it is you're doing, you're doing it wrong and you should be you, at the
0: very least you could do it better.
1: You could do it better. You're never like good enough. Yeah. Essentially. So that's sort of part of it. And I really so to go back to sorry, we keep going back to This, this is fine. Russia, but actually yeah. it, this is it's relevant. So
0: Well, I asked it in the context of that. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So I grew so my 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 mom's mom was very independent, lived on her own, grew her own food, grew her own flowers that she would sell, made her own clothes. One of her dresses is actually in the show.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: uh, it's that so we were we were invited to bring like an object to the show. This is all immigrant artists, by the way. Oh, this show. okay. Yeah, this all this all <laughs> comes full circle. And yeah. a-
0: and even there, that's an interesting distinction because we have similar backgrounds in the communist s- s- setup. But mm-hmm. my parents are refugees, and I'm first generation, mm. and you are an immigrant which I think is probably yeah. gonna inform your work very differently than my sure. experiences, yeah. you know? So I like what you're saying about the body. The, um, the, I think that it's interesting, like the consciousness thing is still kind of lingering in my head after talking to, yeah. to um, Renee Forrest about it. So in that context, I totally get it. But also the body as the only thing that you can take with you everywhere you go is an interesting idea. Sure. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but uh, you know, cause bodies are just interesting without that context.
1: I, I feel like I can't, I don't know, I'm sort of like not necessarily in control either. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't help but make the thing that I'm making. But I think it's informed by, you know, my history too. Like my grandmother taught me how to sew and how to knit and how to make things with my hands. and. There was a certain level of like craft that I've always been drawn to, and then it sort of just evolved into these abstractions. But when I was working, you know, when I was working in New York and living, and trying to figure, living there and trying to figure out like, what is my art gonna be? I, you know,
0: I really apologize for all the noises. Some of them are gonna get through. I just want you to know that people are making. We are in an art space, so this is a genuine experience for you. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all right. No, I mean, it's fine. I, that the hammering was a little bit.
0: I just want people to know that we know it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, sure.
0: <laughs> so they're not like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Can you, did you hear that train? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I it's kind of nice
1: to hear the train actually.
0: I didn't hear the train so much as I hear the drilling.
1: Yeah, and the hammering yeah. for sure.
0: But go ahead. Um,
1: yeah. So I was always trying to figure out a way to just bring like making things with my hands back into my life because I was doing design and mm-hmm. I was really missing that like component. Yeah. Of actually like building something. Mm. Initially, I thought I was actually going to be a painter. Yeah. I'm definitely not a painter, no? no no, how do you identify? I made like a terrible painting, but it really informed like the direction of my work, so how do I identify? I guess I would say like a sculptor i i call i kind of like uh call these like assemblage sometimes mm-hmm. i mean that's like a very pretentious word
0: i I would struggle. With that,
1: yeah, because it's not really found objects.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but I I mean it's fair enough.
1: It's an additive. I yeah. do I tend to be drawn to like an additive process where I'm like molding and sculpting things. I mean it's not unlike using clay. Yeah, yeah. Which I find like ten thousand times harder to use than.
0: So these are f- f- like stuffed animal balls, essentially.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah. So it's hand felted fiber. Okay. So I, the way that I so how does
0: felting work is it is it felting like felting like the hobby that people have it's
1: not it's not it's not even as serious as all that because there's needle felting which is like you use like a barbed needle to basically like jab at the felt and it like kind of puffs up it it actually like compresses it okay it makes it like stick together and like become more compacted and you can shape it that way but this is just more like rolling balls in you know and and the, the nice thing too is that my hand is really in the work like it's really like the size of my palm mm-hmm. that is as large as as I think the components are gonna get yeah or like as teeny tiny as as you know my fingers, fingers. And, and, and everything in between right so what I did what I did for this particular series of work is I am buying um skin toned pantyhose
0: oh. that
1: are and so so it's it's the pantyhose are stand-in for skin and, for, and those are on
0: the outside of the foot. Yeah,
1: so what I'm doing is I'm stuffing them and- um,
0: Pantyhose felt container.
1: hmm yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't, I can't say like why specifically pantyhose, aside from the fact that like, they're kind of inherently like a female mm-hmm. garment. And they're also meant to like restrict and smooth and perfect the body. It and also and works I'm, that,
0: that they tend to be skin toned. Of various well, kinds, yeah
1: and that's kind of a fascinating thing too because yeah. like when you buy when i would buy them at the store they would they would be called things like nude or suntan like who decided mm. that this is this is nude <laughs> or this is suntan
0: some creep i assure you
1: exactly yeah oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I love this color
1: <laughs> <laughs> so gross <laughs> uh. yeah. yeah so so you know i I mean, I, I like the idea of them being abstract enough where you can't really tell whether they're hard or soft. Mm-hmm. People think they're stones. Yeah,
0: they, they, they or read like as eggs stones. eggs
1: or cells.
0: They read as soft stones, uh, which is, they definitely, you do yeah. see the softness in them. Yeah. Uh, I did not know it was pantyhose. I thought you were just really mm-hmm. good at mixing paint colors <laughs> that are very subtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's, that's cool. So then... Okay, can we, I think we're we're like at an hour-ish, so I don't want to leave anything out because I feel like we've kind of deviated from stuff. Yeah. So we're at the point where we can keep going. I don't mind going going for for longer, but I want to maybe give you an opportunity to talk about things that I may have taken us away from, derailed you, things that you maybe wanted to talk about that Mm. I haven't given you a chance. I'm interested in, I feel like I maybe made it more about your parents than you. So I don't want to leave you with that. But I'm just super curious. And I think a lot of people don't know anybody that's been to USSR. So I think that that, or that was, that grew up in the USSR. So I think that's informative and kind of helpful right now too in, in light of all the things that are happening in the world. Exactly. So, so I think that there's definitely value there. But I want to give you a chance to maybe talk more specifically about something that is not so serious that you may mm. may like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. we haven't we haven't talked too much politics, but I, this is heavy stuff. Like, if I came on a show and they made me talk about my Cuban. Origins, I would be like. Eh. So, I'd like to give you a chance to talk about other stuff. Tonight.
1: I definitely think we should keep going. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we no, can. no,
0: we're totally. We're, I'm just giving you. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, I've dominated this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Let me hand it over to you.
1: Okay. Well, the interesting thing that you're saying about how there's not a lot of us, there actually, I feel like there are a lot of us. Like, at, and in LA, I, I know one. <laughs> well, we in. So, if you know any
0: other artists. Tons. Send them my way. At
1: OPAF, we, we started a Russian club, Oh. which is like basically folks, I mean, when I say Russian.
0: That's what I was going to ask.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Soviet. Soviet. Because <laughs> Russia is a totally separate country from Belarus, although they are neighbors and they are politically seem to be intertwined
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a precarious way. You, you n- Not at all
0: like us in Latin America.
1: Yeah, not not unlike. Yeah, I don't know any other countries. I don't know any
0: other country that has complicated relationships with its neighbors. Yeah, that that are problematic. Yeah, that's never happened before. Yeah, damn
1: you, Russia. God, it's that. Let's steer away from that topic because I feel like that's oh, that's all such a bummer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and we all we're all like keenly aware of what's going on. It's it's really heartbreaking.
0: I have a hard time with uh uh just people vilifying other countries. You know. Agreed.
1: I, Agreed. And and, and I, I still have family
0: there. I don't I don't like I don't think I think that anytime you're uh, the news is telling you that someone's bad, mm-hmm. maybe don't hate that person. Maybe don't hate those people. You know, cuz it's pretty easy now that Russians mm-hmm. are white, but mm-hmm. but it's still a bad look. It's, it feels very much like the anti-Islamic uh, sentiment that was happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't their leaders, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I, I just, in terms of yes. American rhetoric, I have uh, issues with how we talk about Russians. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with how we talk about Ukrainians because we talk very nicely about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, but yeah, so I, I what I like about this conversation is humanizing that experience, right? Because mm-hmm. you were talking about your parents as victims of this thing that they didn't necessarily have control over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think they're like victims of their circumstance and I think that they had very few options either. Yeah. They could, I guess like, what were their, there were no other survival, options. Survival, survival, yeah.
0: And that's dignified. That's yeah. always dignified. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. And whether or not like it turned. I guess this it's very reductive to think of like, you know, America, the land of opportunity like that's it's very complicated. Yeah. And it is ever evolving. And
0: yeah. And I mean, and yes, it is that. Well, well, But it's it's a uh, weird thing that we do here where we celebrate immigrants as 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 like do we? well, we celebrate immigrants in a very specific way where we are we're a country of immigrants, right? but we're also very xenophobic
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so what we like as Americans is assimilation
1: yes that's a, you really you really nailed it that's Thank correct you. as long as you come, yeah if you come here as long as you fold into our way of doing things
0: that's where the term "You're one of the good ones comes from uh-huh. And it's, and and it's, and it's not just something that's said to black people. I've had it said to me and and, and I'm a white person by American standards, you know, but by, uh, Nazi standards.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You and I are both dead.
0: (laughs) 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 But, but it's an, I just find, I find conversation. (sighs) I really enjoy this conversation and maybe this is what people are going to hear about you that they wouldn't. It, like what your yeah. friends are going to be able to de- 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 uh, deduce from you because it's yeah. it really is an interesting piece of your personal history, yeah. your lineage mm-hmm. uh, and and um, and you know, like as a Cuban, I have a lot of people that simplify the situation with Cuba. That's why I say I'm mm-hmm. a Pinko, not a Marxist, yeah. because first of all, I've never read Marx <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it it it. America is very, has, uh, Americans analyze the world on their values and don't, and have a hard time stepping outside of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, actually.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, how did you get into TSA LA? How, how, what's your LA having fun story you're a big yeah. scene member of the scene you're very encouraging you're i consider you part of my support structure like i've definitely
1: oh that's so nice to
0: hear it's it's uh, well people always oh, it's funny when people think that i'm like A gossip because i do this show (laughs) and i'm like bro i keep secrets motherfuckers
1: (laughs) i never heard that you anybody thought of you as a gossip that's interesting
0: uh no not any but well like people will okay i'll give an example two people that i'm very close or that i like very much had were like alluding to their an argument that they had between each other Mm. and i was like oh wow i'm so surprised and then that person was like i'm not talking to you about this i'm like what
1: (laughs) which is fair though i mean okay sure i mean
0: i don't i definitely don't know him well enough to like i would probably come to you with stress over the podcast and over the art world for advice oh yeah yeah
1: oh i have a lot of advice i know (laughs) and a lot of opinions i mean i think i have to give credit to sean because he really like spearheaded a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. so i guess maybe to go back so we met in new york we were both working as graphic designers in magazine publishing, which was not, but not, we didn't meet through work. We met through a mutual friend on the subway platform. Okay. It was really a cute story. And we, you know, but we were both pursuing the same goal, which is how do I exist in this, in this particular time, in this particular place and make art and yeah. make, and, you know, like have enough time for that. And so we've been each other's support system. That's the that's the nice thing is that we are a team.
0: You guys are always in a good mood and always happy, which is f- fucking weird. No, <laughs>
1: mm. we're not but, always in a good mood. <laughs> no, no. So,
0: but but okay, like I. But think, we're
1: happy when we're out in our community.
0: I think that you make the community. You guys make the community accessible and friendly. Uh, and and I and I think that there is. One of the things that I, the myths that I want to dispel with the show is that it's not accessible. There's like a, a million artists just like you that have day jobs, working class, yeah. and they can't help but make art. Hey, train.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: and, and, and and so yeah, there's a whole yeah. community of us. and I, like the more I do the show, the more people I meet, yeah. the more embedded I am in that like artist run scene. Yeah. That you guys have been a part of for for like I, it's almost like I'm accelerating my entry into this place mm. because you, I feel like you you and Carl and all those people have been at it for like way longer than I have. I've been doing this show for five years, but I haven't been like networking and out, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that train wants wants us to know. It it's really practicing. wants to know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's you know what it's a really it's really nice to hear like how we're perceived. I think that it's all, like, uh, incremental process, too, mm. right? Like, we, when we were living in New York, we lived there as a couple for, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, seven or eight years. I was there for a total of 11 years, and our practices looked totally different. We didn't do any artist-run stuff. I mean, opportunities in New York are also really
0: yeah, I to just come by, to someone, and people yeah.
1: hoard their... You know, like, you have to, like, really claw your way to everything
0: which is so different than here
1: it's really different and i and sean spearheaded our move to la because he just was like so done with the grind i think i was i had like a commitment to
0: you had the sunken cost fallacy
1: yeah yeah i've already i've already like invested so much time into this That's i how I people can't, i can't cults. just oh god yeah
0: new york is a cult i just said it
1: <laughs> you know, I think it can be in some ways. I think it's, you know, I feel like it suited my personality in some ways because I found it really inspiring too. to yeah, like, yeah. I'm somebody that learns by doing. And I, you know, was really doing it there. I was making it work however that looked, but yeah. And, and we had a good community as well. Some of those artists are here now when we're closer to them. Um, yeah, it just, it got to be like sort of, impossible to to do everything at the level that we wanted to be doing it
0: it's super charming new york yeah being able to walk a- a- everywhere being able to just like party it's really really romantic and
1: but you also get to see like some of the
0: greatest stuff. greatest yeah. stuff yeah. like
1: I for me it was the art you know my eyes were open to so many new artists to contemporary artists that were like Using materials. I mean, at the time too, this was like. Um, so I lived there from 2004 to t- 2014. Okay. Roughly.
0: That's 10 years. Yeah. Like, Long enough to oh, call was, yourself it, a New Yorker.
1: Yep. <laughs> I was, and I really had a lot of pride, you know, like in that. I did it. <laughs> Throw my hat into the, <laughs> the air.
0: <laughs> and then you still left.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it became one of those situations where like my, my partner's not happy here. Yeah. Well, and, I, and, and also, you know, I know having immigrated, having lived abroad multiple times as like a young adult, like I know that I, I'm not that daunted by moving Yeah. and by leaving a place. I know that eventually like I can plant my roots again and again and again. And it was hard to move to LA. We moved here in 2014 and we really didn't know anybody. And, so actually that's how we started Noisky. We were looking for studio space and we got this ground floor, uh, basically storefront in Hollywood. And I mean, that's very random to be like on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, no, And, uh, and it,
0: but I mean, that's not a bad spot because region projects is nearby, all of that. And then last projects used to be there. Too. Last
1: projects used to be there and we became really good friends with Alona. She's another like uh, oh, she a Soviet. She, so so she, she's she's part of the Russian club that we started. So was Elizabeth Prager, do you know her? No,
0: but you'll introduce me, I'm Luca sure. Luca
1: Fischer, Elona, like all of us were kind of like having conversations, we were like, we're losing our language skills and we actually like do have a connection to our past, like how do we keep this going? So we started a Russian club. So wait. Which is, what, which what's is the basically language? artists.
0: What's the language that you speak in Belarus? Russian. So uh, So, okay, so, so it's kind of so, like yeah. Ukraine. Where parts of it are, are like...
1: Ukraine a- used to be part of the USSR, so everybody, like, with the official language was mm-hmm. it, was Russian. No. I, was, I was about to say English. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah, there's dialects. Like, my grandmother spoke a dialect. Like, when I talk to my cousins in Moscow, they're like, you you sound like a peasant. Like, the <laughs> way you speak, because I just... Or, like, you know, like country folk. Because yeah, it, yeah. it's like a You're combination yokel. of... Yeah, totally. Because my Russian is... Did't develop beyond fifth grade, but yeah. also uh is like a combo of like well my phrases my grandmother used to say, which are like really dialects
0: uh-huh and uh what do you have any examples of phrases that are antiquated
1: no don't don't even ask. I push you
0: down the hill in a barrel and- <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: there's I, I, no it's it's just more like I'll just use like a word and uh-huh. I'll think like it's like a legitimate like part of the vernacular and it's like really, really niche. And they'll just.
0: My parents saved me some trouble because I used to hang out with uh, Latin Americans that were from a different region Mm. and I would pick up words from them and they were like, Javier, that is a bad word. Oh. (laughs) Like specifically verga. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A la verga. I was just saying it all the time because I picked it up from my friends and and they were like, I mean, I knew what it meant, but I didn't realize how like coarse it was. What is it? Oh, it just means dick.
1: Oh, that's not that bad.
0: But it's like,
1: it's, 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 like it's more, more like cock,
0: but oh. like even a little mm. bit harder. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, being in New York. So then we moved to LA 2014. Mm-hmm. We started, so we got the studio space noise hmm Sorry, no noisky yet. We just got a studio space. We used to share a studio space in Brooklyn. We were like, we're not working out of our house. It's tiny little bungalow. So we get this space and then we quickly realized we could have shows here. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a storefront, it has a little courtyard. It actually makes a lot of sense. So we thought like that would be a great way. Also, like it doesn't take a genius to figure out like if you give something back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can be embraced by the community yep. faster. So and and we know how opportun- how hard opportunities are it to come. Really, by.
0: I just it really does accelerate shit. Like I know from Absolutely. experience doing this show, like if people perceive you as doing a service to the community, they will support you.
1: Yeah. I think it's important too for your own growth. Like mm-hmm. I I mean, I find that like artists actually like when we say like artists cobble it together from like different sources or from different ways of means of existing like I actually think that's kind of a good thing mm-hmm. to be able to you know say like I do a little bit of graphic design I also like curate pop-ups I am yeah. in a collective I have an artist run space like I mean this is whoops this is a lot of stuff it didn't all happen at once
0: no 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 yeah. like
1: like at first we basically like moved here and we got the storefront and we we're like well why don't we invite some guest curators to do shows here so we invited our friend ginger Porchella. <laughs> what you know? Ginger?
0: No, I just love her name. I just I I, 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 I thought you were not going to say her last name. Oh, <laughs> my friend Ginger, and I was like, she's a redhead, right? No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of her all of her siblings have like like plant names, like Heather. And, oh, yes. that's where they're it's, coming. From. They're like witchy. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I, I like it even better. <laughs> yeah. So we knew her in New York, and she moved to San Diego, and she was the our. Ard- the art director, the the director of the San Diego Art Institute. Mm-hmm. So we invited her to curate a show, and then she invited someone else. To, like she kind of Is gave the, us it,
0: the San the Sorry, San Diego Art Institute. That's like a school, or it's not like it's the, a museum. It's a museum. Okay. It's a
1: museum in Balboa Park. Okay. Do you know? Are you familiar?
0: I know. I've, I know. I've been by Balboa Park, but I, I that's like on the west side, right?
1: It's like the big.
0: Oh, wait, no, it's big, we're talking part, San Diego. Yeah, in yeah, San yeah, Diego yeah, yeah, that yeah. has
1: like the botanical gardens and like all of the institutions are kind of centralized in there.
0: Yeah, I so have not been there. She,
1: well, she got brought over to run that space. Holy
0: shit, I just realized you've been here less time, like shorter than me. I came here in 2008.
1: What? Really? Yeah,
0: but I didn't have a partner that was hustling. That's I, the
1: thing is yeah. our efforts are like essentially double. Yeah.
0: No, and I was also like trying to not make art at that point it it took yeah. me like 4 years to get back into art making after i moved here that long yeah but i had also just graduated B- my bfa which was traumatic and oh. i had a a teacher that m- was like making my life fucking miserable mm. and, and like and uh openly so but um i i didn't even realize that that, that she was the reason that i hated <laughs> hated my my uh, my mfa experience until recently on an episode that I'm not going to release because the guest like wasn't happy with it but I was like oh my god all my vitriol towards like academia can be pointed to one or two people really but yeah
1: hmm. interesting yeah well it, see this is interesting that you're doing the podcast and then you're like having revelations yeah, for yeah. yourself oh, all, all the time,
0: time. dude yeah. i it's literally called i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> 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 like none that of, is the none pro- of us
1: kind of do i feel like the older i get the more i'm like do i know like anything that's why
0: like bro the idea of living in a time where people that were righteous were considered good <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a righteous man i read that and i'm like oh my god it's Awful. sufferable dick <laughs> insufferable yeah <laughs> um yeah sorry
1: no it's okay so we were talking about noise so we started to invite we i don't we neither sean nor i felt like we were comfortable calling ourselves curators i don't know if i like still mm-hmm. i would call myself like i mean i have curated i mainly say organize because i just like bring people together and it's really like the value
0: i dated someone that was not taking that shit for me it's just like you're fucking curator
1: <laughs> <laughs> i guess i think that i put more onus on a curator. Like, I think that there is value in like actually studying it and also like having... Um
0: do you do writing for the stuff? Is oh, that I, way? It, it, I hate it. it. But it's... Well, I mean, you're doing all the work of a curator. Yeah. You just don't have the credentials. Is that what separates you? We're having an intervention here, guys. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> I
1: guess, maybe. <laughs> no, I just think like there is... I'm bringing a different set of skills to it too. I'm, I'm bringing like the perspective of the artist to it. Whereas I think a curator can have the distance of.
0: But there's artist curators.
1: Yeah, I guess. Are, I mean.
0: Most curators put their own art in the show.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about that? Not great. Yeah, I some, some for some reason that is like a no-no. It's like an unspoken. It's, but it's not,
0: oh. it's, it's so common. Yeah. Every show, every group show that I've been in has had somebody from. I mean, not everyone. Actually,
1: but. I think we've done it too, but mainly like we would we wouldn't do that at Noisky necessarily, like at our space. But if we've gone abroad, yeah, then that's like a different opportunity altogether.
0: I did a ceramics show and. Everybody that I knew, I curated a ceramic show, Mm. was shocked that I didn't put work in the show. And I was like, I don't make ceramics, guys, (laughs) you know? Like it wasn't even an option. Yeah. But that's when I realized that that's like a really common practice.
1: Yeah. Do you tend to curate things that you just enjoy looking at? Or do you, is it like kind of work that is similar to yours or both? (sighs)
0: I curate stuff that I am interested in that is not necessarily within my wheelhouse of making stuff. I mm. mean, that, that, it doesn't have to be something that is parallel to my work at all, Yeah, um, like ceramics. Mm. And I, I just appreciate specific things. And I think that putting together, I think it's a different skill than being an artist for sure. I agree with mm-hmm. you on that. But I don't think that it's like, I don't think anything is exclusive. You know, I don't think anything should be elitist. I don't think that just because you have, like, you know.
1: Oh, I wasn't.
0: No, no, but I'm saying I, I, that. No, no, I'm not saying that you're saying that, but like, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I think that what, what, what I'm reacting to in the way that you are not taking the claiming the title is mm-hmm. I don't think that a t- that curator or artist is a title someone gives to you. I think that's the shit you take. You, you know, like you, you know, like. I mean, if you're curating shows, mm-hmm. right? So, like, let's well, well, cur- curating is the verb, curator is the noun. Uh huh. And nothing else matters to me.
1: But I, I think of it more as like community building. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm yes anding this No, no, this, but, uh, but I, I just want you
0: to say, I just, you're going to admit you're a curator by the end of this show.
1: <laughs> sure, in no. a way, in a sense.
0: <laughs> I'm teasing.
1: <laughs> I think that you, I think that there's value in also like investing, studying it deeply and investing your time into just doing that thing. I think, I, yeah, th- but- I, I, I d- it doesn't matter. I don't, I'm like a gen, gen z or i don't like labels
0: (laughs) you're a gen (laughs) x or no you're gen you're you're what's what was a gen x y you're gen y am i millennial
1: oh i guess yeah that's the other Uh, name for it
0: you're an elder millennial um yeah i i i I just think it's an interesting conversation uh i i i get what you're saying but on the same token, for me, it's like yes, there are people, there are artists that have higher degrees than me. Mm-hmm. There are artists that, and it like
1: oh, it's not, a, me, it's not about like. A- but
0: for me, art making and 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 curatorial process is more about experience mm-hmm. and and yeah. and actually, kind of what uh, what he was talking about, what uh, Hagop was talking about in his episode, art DNA. It's a very specific perspective that you're presenting as an artist. You're curating works. You're putting together. You're making a Mm -hmm. a dialogue. And I don't think that you need, like, you know, to have a PhD in that.
1: (laughs) I I completely agree with you. I don't think you have to. You have to have a PhD. I think that the thing is, like, okay, like Ginger for example, she's a director of a museum. All she does is curate. All Mm -hmm. she does is specifically seek out artists. You know, yeah, that that she thinks deserve those opportunities. But that doesn't
0: invalidate your work.
1: Of course not. Okay. But I'm bring, but I'm totally bringing a different set of perspectives to it. Like I typically show work that like I also enjoy looking at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like uh, the show that I did at TSA was like four women that was very intentional. I wanted it to be specifically bunch that. of broads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that they deserve the opportunity. I feel like. And yeah. that doesn't negate the fact that like.
0: Well, I mean, I think that that's, that's really the mindset that I come from too. It's like, if, if I wanna show people that uh, don't have the opportunity to show, yeah. as someone whose mom was an artist for the longest time and really talented, but never really developed her own practice in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, like my mom, I, I would say that my mom could benefit from an art education like, the, the, like we have, like just a basic mm-hmm. BFA thing. But I don't think that she's like less, I think that I can just tell her, hey, you need to make more of this body of work yeah. before you start jumping around. Mm-hmm. Those are very basic things. I still think she's an artist, you know? Like yeah. Purvis Young is a homeless guy that was really big. I think they he, he made too much work and flooded the market with it, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly. But like, I doubt Purvis Young was like, an MFA. <laughs> he might have been. But it but yeah. but 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 it to to me it's like that that I I mean that's my shit. You yeah. know like that's my hang up. Like I don't like uh I'm upset that you won't call yourself a curator. <laughs> I think that that's not right. <laughs> I am triggered. I'm I'm like Really Yeah. Okay. I'm like because I I the I mean Molly and I Molly Schulman and I come from a much more unhierarchic approach to this that's
1: that's actually what i'm saying is like i don't i already wear like so many different hats Mm -hmm. i don't need more titles yeah if anything like i want less titles (laughs) but yeah like i think i think community builder, let's say, or like organizer. It's just more- Oh, you want it's more just, grandiose It's ones. just broader. <laughs> no, it's just, it just includes, it's more inclusive. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I'm about. Well, I'm, no, I, I, I'm interested in inclusivity more than like, because I feel like the art world is already, there's already so much gatekeeping and so much hierarchy. Oh uh, okay. Like I would prefer to put forward- Well, the way that you're
0: framing it is a little bit more of a artist mutual aid thing too. Like yeah. I mean, not directly, not mutually in that you're providing funding for people or mm. or, or, or whatnot, but you're providing. We are exposure. if we can. Well, you're also paying the rent on a space, and you're providing that space, right? So technically, yes. you are giving some money. You know, you're doing that for two spaces. I know for sure. Truth. Yeah. So so so, but <laughs> yeah. but okay, I, I I I appreciate your counterpoint. Yeah. Which is you think that curation. It's not that you're not worthy of curation, it's that you think that what you're doing is maybe more about the community service than it is the uh, actual selecting of work.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I
0: I agree with that perspective, but I still call myself a curator because someone yelled at me for not calling myself a curator. It's
1: just a word. It does, I mean, sure. Are we like, I mean, also, I, just I feel want like you it's, to be it's also like a buzzword, right? Like, I feel like everybody's a curator now all of a sudden, so it sort of loses its like, meaning. Is that the case? Well, like on Instagram, like I'm a curator of music, or I'm a, like, I think it's used, it's, yeah, over, yeah. it's overused. It's like liminal. Like, it yeah. just becomes a word that loses its meaning because like.
0: But what about artists then?
1: Great point. That too. I mean, that's. But, I know I ju- but this is why like I don't really even say like I'm a sculptor like I just say artist cuz it's like more broad and yeah, it doesn't no. it doesn't push me towards it doesn't put me in some sort of like funnel like where I can only like exist I'm not siloed off that way because mm-hmm. my work is like it is this now but it could doesn't have to be this forever
0: No, especially because you're not because you have a day job and you're not dependent on people buying your work to di- di- mm. dis- to dictate where you want to take it which is Sure which is good, like, which is yeah. which is uh, uh, definitely one of the many ways of doing it, you
1: yeah. know? And actually the beauty to maybe circle back to the day job thing is with design, I'm able to, to do it like from home. I mm-hmm. basically went freelance when we moved to LA and I'm just, you know, I'm able to maintain like nice. my income that way, which is great. I've actually been considering maybe like, Moving towards like mentorship, like taking on a younger designer to like expand my own business, but mm. that's a different. Yeah, I don't know. We can only do so much with the time <laughs> well, you, that we have.
0: You, you, uh, there's a very popular clip of Deborah saying that uh, you this whole idea that you need to keep growing is ridiculous. Totally. That that she didn't start a business to grow. She started a business so that she could make art. Yeah. Which is also uh, something to think about. Yeah
1: yeah i mean i completely agree with what she's saying and i think like i guess for me is i would love to be able to like make a little bit more money Mm -hmm. or if everything else seems to be increasing like our rent's increasing we have to our costs are increasing so like we have to i have to make more money generally speaking the banks just crashed it's gonna get worse i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i think you should hire this person
1: (laughs) I know. We live in a really weird wild. So you're
0: time. you're you're making the case for growth so that you don't shrink.
1: <laughs> I'm making the I'm making for incremental growth that is in line with
0: with the yeah. The
1: market. Well if or you whatever
0: that that's I, that that's the thing that is interesting is if you don't grow, you shrink. You know, like if, if what you What if
1: you just stay the same? Then you're shrinking because you're everything shrinking. else yeah. is it's, rising. It's rising. Yeah, yeah. that's true.
0: So that, that's crazy. Yeah. um and then uh tsa so okay you've got tsa you got high beams we've covered high beams pretty extensively on right. here yeah. if you if you want to talk about it a little bit i'm more than happy to i just want to but you have so many titles i'd like to cover them all so so many titles you your so. tsa okay so let's do the list your Noisky your tsa la yeah.
1: well let me give you like the timeline so we move here we start Noisky in like 2015 mm-hmm and we so that's our studio space and um the exhibition space so we can only do maybe like three shows a year tops because we have to basically move out every time we do Mm -hmm. a show and then in 2019 carl invited me to apply to tsa sean had already been so we
0: got music we should start wrapping up
1: okay well sean was in a collective as well so we and they invited me to be in their collective and i was thinking we already collaborate so much that I think I'm going to do my own thing. Mm. So I joined TSA, and then the pandemic happened, and then that's when we started High Beams with Carl and Danny and Sean and a bunch of other people um, just as a pivot because TSA wasn't hosting any shows. We, we, we pivoted that model to be more of an artist residence. Okay. That's Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I have my finger in many pies and also, you know, like I have my own practice and I got invited to be part of this show. There's.
0: I'm sorry, we're going to have to cut it short. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what do you hear?
0: You, you don't hear that? No. You don't hear music?
1: Well, how do we wrap it up?
0: I'm just going to come clean. You know, I'm just going to tell them like, hey, look, we had to wrap this shit up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
1: it's too bad. Yeah, it's
0: okay. We, I mean, we'll, we'll, we know each other and I'll I'll probably have you back on at some point when I'm desperate for like guests Mm -hmm. once I've been canceled. (laughs) <laughs> i won't do the <laughs> show do, don't do anything to
1: get canceled you're gonna fuck a lot of people that, that are like relying on this
0: <laughs> oh my god the responsibility <laughs> yeah do you
1: feel like a like no
0: i feel like i have a lot of responsibility okay, yeah yeah i keep secrets i'm like a secret keeper anyway well so yeah. okay. okay
1: we probably should wrap it up anyway because i think the gallery is gonna open open soon,
0: soon yeah all right um Okay, guys, I'm so sorry we had to cut it short, but uh, we actually have to get going because, first of all, there's music and the gallery's about to close. So I'm sorry that this episode was cut so short. Uh, But, uh, yeah, we're just going to quickly wrap up, and hopefully this will work because it's so fucking loud.
1: Well, maybe they won't feel like it's short because it's been an hour and a half, and they're probably like...
0: No, but we just cut it off immediately. Uh, We're sorry for the abrupt ending to this episode. We don't usually like to do it like that, but we want to respect the people that gave us the opportunity to shoot in this amazing space. So uh, thank you guys so much. We're going to get out of (laughs) here.
1: Should I say like?
0: Yeah, and then what can we promote for you?
1: Oh, well, you can follow me on Instagram, Katya at the studio with underscores between all the words, which is easier than having to spell out my last name Mm -hmm. or just look me up. Online, katiozavitsky.com U S V I T S K Y. Okay. Uh just Google me. We'll put it in the comments, right?
0: (laughs) Well, it's gonna be the title of your Oh right. My name will be the title. Yeah. So yeah,
1: you can find me. I I don't usually I try to actually post like snippets of what I'm doing in the studio on Instagram, but I'm kind of really hating social media lately, so I post pretty rarely, and it's usually like here's what's happening, the end.
0: My best advice to you is don't make it your job.
1: Yep, I'm trying not to make it my fourth job.
0: Yeah, no, this is like my sixth job. Thank you
1: thank you for doing this, I had a really nice time. Oh yeah,
0: thank you first of all for even listening to the show. (laughs) And second of all for being on on the show. I don't know if that's as big a compliment as you think it is. I wouldn't listen to it otherwise, I'm totally teasing. No, I would, I listen to
1: every podcast. I love podcasts. I don't watch them. So this is actually really interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully it'll look great. Uh, Yeah. Thank you
1: guys for listening.
0: Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with another artist and another topic with another topic that may or may not be art related. Thank you.